welcome to the Table Talk podcast, where we sit down, pull up a chair, and we get started. This podcast is designed to provide you packed full of information to help you with your training, nutrition, lifestyle, and well-being, where we interview myself through case studies to give you lifetime experience. And then we also interview high-performing individuals or other career-focused people who are looking to make changes in their lifestyle, training, nutrition, and well-being. So let's pull up that chair and let's go. So let's dive in and let's begin. So question that we have is, is it safe to pursue fat loss goals if for individuals with pre-existing injuries or medical conditions? Depends on the condition. So disclaimer, everything that we do is for educational purposes and based off personal experience and not a replacement for medical professional help. So this is a great question because number one, fat loss is fundamentally where this is where you are and you're looking to probably move a little bit more, burn a little bit more calories, move a bit better, move a bit more efficiently, sleep better, improve hormones. And so that creates what's known as a deficit. So that deficit is what's going to aid in that fat loss. So if it doesn't in uh, compromise your health or the injury, then no, it's totally fine. Like if for me, my shoulder is really uncomfortable, it's really tight, um, like slept on it funny, it's uncomfortable. Is it stopping me from moving it? No, but it feels a bit more restricted than my left. And my feet still work. So I could probably just do more steps. So instead of you know doing bench press and pull-ups today, I could do mobility on that shoulder and then increase my steps for the day to overcome that. Number two, how to personal train for weight loss. Five tips from a pro. How to personal train for weight loss. Number one, clear goal. Number two, clear expectations. Number three, set the perfect week or perfect day. Like I'm going to wake up at 4.30. I'm going to do this at 5.00. Like be meticulous over a 30-minute period, like bang, bang, bang. Like you might work for, say, three hours straight, then train for an hour, then work for three hours, or you have a lunch break for 30 minutes. Like just break it down. It's perfect in your mind, and from there you make an adjustment. So what I mean by the adjustment is you, at the end of the day, go, did it work? Yes or no? If it did, awesome. Keep to that routine. At the end of the week, you might go, that was terrible. Cool. Make an adjustment. Like perfect isn't working for you right now, but you're working towards it. Number four, increase your water intake 0.035 times up to 0.07 times your body weight um, is your water weight. So for me, I drink about five to seven liters of water a day. Watch. Nice and simple. Get bigger jugs. Like the bigger the bottle, the easier. You don't have to travel as much. And number five, start moving. My recommendation is train three times a day, uh, three times a week minimum. Um, if you're looking for a plan, Click out the link below. We'll film something up for you and we'll get it done. So there's your starting point with exercises and videos to help you get started. In your training, I recommend hanging, build the grip strength, and split squats. Open up the hips and calf raises because everyone should do calf raises. Number two, uh, number three, how do you stay motivated to return to the gym after taking a break? I enjoy the question. Motivation is a myth. It's not a thing. Uh, it's like the it word. But what will keep you going is the goal and what are you focused towards? Like if you don't see value in exercising and working on your health and well-being, then you're not going to do it. Like I love to game, so I don't need a reason to game. I just game, right? Like health is like infinite. So when you realize that your health and well-being is infinite, like you can start whenever you want. doesn't matter how old you are. I remember training a guy like, Ari, shout out to you, sir. I know you don't like it, but shout out to you. Guy was in his 40s before he started taking training seriously. and Dude is stronger than most 20, 30-year-olds. Fair point. I will acknowledge 
He's kicked my ass a few times. I've also been him. He won't accept it, but I have. Um, so, yeah. Um, Set clear goals and intentions, but also set clear habits so you compound it over time. Because you're going to have high days, you're going to have low days, but you ride the lows to take the highs. So yeah, motivation. I'm not a huge fan of it. Like I would, you know, cheer and rah people sometimes because sometimes they need to kick up the butt. But I wouldn't push for motivation. Build the habits that will lead to your success, and you know, understand if you don't see the value in it, don't force it. I can tell you all the benefits, but if you don't believe it, don't force it. Fat loss and stress, managing cortisol levels. Fun fact, cortisol is what helps give us energy, gets us up. So understand um, cortisol managing, a lot of people are like, reduce it, get rid of it. Stress is good, like it builds us, builds character. Like I probably wouldn't be where I am today without the stress that I've had in the past. So it would be better if I had probably learned lessons. But I'm not the brightest tool on the shed. I have to make quite a few mistakes before I actually get it. That's just me. So little things for you to understand. Like if I can do it, anyone can do it. So for fat loss and stress, you need to stress your body to achieve the result. That's how you create that deficit. But you also need to optimize your recovery. So getting seven to nine hours sleep, may taking magnesium. Instead of 30 minutes before, take it two hours before. So it actually has a greater effect or take it um, micro doses through the day. Uh, wholesome foods, eating your vegetables through a colored variety. Green, red, yellow, blue, like blueberries. I can't believe I paused for a second. Blue, we have blue vegetables, blue fruits, um, which are white inside. So, yeah, building that foundation there for you. So optimize your recovery, sleep, and really have a relaxation routine. Like glasses, blue light blocking glasses, um, nighttime routine, big deep breaths, really just calming the body down, journal. If you don't like journaling, don't do it. Like, do stuff that calms you down. Um, some people like watching trashy TV. Go for it. But Kate does. I'm like, what are you watching? My brain. Like, I'm like I get agitated at it. She loves it. Find the thing that helps you to really calm the nervous system down. That is what will help you to stress to burn more fat and then also to help you get back down to recover because that's the recovery is where it's at. Five. Fat loss for different body types, tailoring your approach. Yeah, you have somatic, like you have ectomorphs, mesomorphs, somatotypes. Yes, to a degree. Um, I really just think a lot of people hold or attach to that. Um, like I'm a bigger person, so therefore it's harder to lose fat. Though over the last few, the last two months, I've been working on like increasing my greens, um, more breath work, like calming the body down, like working on the stress and the relaxation. I've started doing an hour before I have an alarm at 7.30 to get to bed by 8.30. Sometimes I'm still working. Cool. I don't stress about it as much as I used to. But um, I'll move, like mobility, then I'll shower, um, work my solar plex release, so stretch, some more mobile, and then I go to sleep because obviously if I'm more mobile, I get to take deeper breaths. Still wake up in the middle of the night sometimes. Sometimes it sucks. But by working on those habits, I've gone from fluctuating between 107 to 109, weight on the scales uh, in the afternoon, which I'd already eaten, weighed 105. I was like, huh, I did not expect that. Like, last few weeks, it's been fluctuating. Instead, I worked on the habits consistently, and then I've hopped on the scales and gone, huh, I'm down. Cool. Um, so, yeah, that, there's merit to it, but at the same time, I think a lot of people 
tend to go, oh, I'm an ectomesomorph or an ectomorph, or therefore, like, I'm too skinny, I can't build muscle. You can, you just need to eat more and, like, train harder. A lot of them don't train hard enough. And some of you might be like, I do train hard enough. Keep doing it. Like, you've got to compound it over time. Like, there was a guy several years ago that used to watch, he used to tell me he trained heaps, ate heaps, and I was like, no, man, you just need to eat more. And he was like, I do eat a lot. So I'm like, eh, do you? Um, but look, he's consistent, highs and lows days, does his stuff. Um, I don't coach the guy. I've just, like, from afar, he, uh, the other day, I was just going, kind of, man, that guy's put some size on. Like, wonder what he's doing. Is he still doing the same thing? But he's kept at it, and he's bigger. So, like, fair play to him. Great job. Uh, so, yeah. Is there merit? I think the habits and routines are more important. So let's flip that question. Fat loss for different types. There are three different types. You've got ecto, meso, um, endo. One can eat lots of carbohydrates. One, not so much. So this person would be better for fueling performance. This one would probably be better on maintaining a balance of calories and gradually working on the movement. These people tend to be a lot stronger because they've got more mass to them. So leverage with the sport. They're naturally going to be bigger frame people, but they also then probably would, you know, boom, look more muscular. The um, skinny people, they feel carbs. Their peak, like when they flex biceps, like there's one guy we have, Dang, he has arms that are like half the time, which is pretty fun. Um, like giving him a hard time about that. Like relaxed, I've got probably like 10, 15 centimeters on him, just relaxed. So, like, but when he flexes, Hot damn, his arm is actually bigger than mine. Like his peak blows up. Like he puts on 20 centimeters on his arm when he flexes. And I'm like, son of a gun. Where I'll flex and I get five centimeters. Like, so every type has a benefit. Next, the connection between carbs and brain health, how they influence mood and cognitive function. Carbs make you happy. You happy. You feel better. There you go. The right carbs will obviously manage your blood sugar. So those, he who controls their insulin controls like the aging and their mood. So when you eat sugars, it spikes. And then what goes up goes down. It's called the, well, I call it the death cycle in the sense that, you know, you wake up in the morning, you have a pastry, um, you might have muesli. It spikes your blood sugar. Some mueslis don't, some do. So like oats with fruits good because there's a more natural sugar. So it's more of a gradual spike. But like maple syrup, boom, brings it up. Drops it down. Post workout, that's fine. But in the morning, the blood sugar and cognitive drops. Then what do you do? You have a coffee that spikes. Um, cortisol as well. It's a blood glucose mobilizer. You don't have the sugars there. Boop, boom. So then you get moody. And then at lunchtime, you reach for a sandwich, rice, pasta, and you don't train in between that time. So then you need blood sugar goes up. Your body doesn't do anything, so it pumps out insulin, which is the aging hormone. So you age and blood sugar crashes again. Three, two, three o'clock, I need another coffee. Whoop, boom, six o'clock. Oh, man, I'm shattered because you're tired. Like, had heaps of spikes. And so then what do you do? You binge and then pass out from your blood sugars. What you should be doing is eating wholesome foods or don't eat carbohydrates in the morning. Like, have steak, have nuts, have tofu chicken. Like less carbohydrate based or go beans, like baked beans, kidney beans, mix it together with an egg, put it over like sourdough toast, go for it. 
like I don't do sourdough, I do gluten-free, but it's less of a spike. So it's more gradual, so more wholesome and lasts in the blood sugar. Next, a tour of our gym, top-notch facilities and amenities. High Park Anytime Fitness with Sir Sutherland and Mark Place. That's where it's at. High Park's my favorite because obviously that's where we store most of our kit. Uh, Martin Place, nice looking club because over two levels. Really nice. It used to be a fighting gym and Sutherland. As uh, Jordan Happy will tell you, God's country. So, of course, that's where it's at. Plus, they're both better looking than me. So, of course. So, equipment, High Park, looks, Sutherland, aesthetics, Martin Place. Um, the Netflix marathon hack, binge watching your favorite shows while doing planks. There you go. There's a tip for everyone. That's not really a question. That is a tip. That's something you can do. I personally don't recommend doing it for more than 30 to 60 seconds, like doing short intervals. Push. Um, I like to do stretching and mobility. I also have a barbell at home, so I'll do Jefferson curls, but it has to be something that I'm not overly invested in like the lincoln lawyer man it was good like who did it how did they get away with it and then you find out or like the second season where the lady like it proves her innocence it's like yeah but so she didn't do it who did it what happened so it, it was pretty cool so like and then you find out all these things about them and you're like oh so couldn't do it that way gotta watch had me hooked, but if I was to watch it again, I probably could and just listen. Next, gym versus home workouts. The benefits of joining our community, we do both. We have access to both. So when you join the gym, you get a tailored experience, which is we look at your movement screening, we establish, well, we establish your goals, we look at your movement, and then we build a two to four corrective plan for you that you can start straight away. So if you don't want PT, you got something. Off you go. All we ask is your feedback and your review. Then we are... If you work with us, we then design a tailored plan for you. We typically will start with most people either on a slow tempo method, so people that maybe struggle with their movement preparations, um, like they just don't have coordination, so slow everything down, or we use an 8-12 method, and then we'll go like 6-8 after. So we start to build frequency, work on the technical stuff where you're like, I don't get it. So we do several reps before you go, I get it. Then we start to load it up and work from there. Where our home workouts, we have it all filmed on YouTube. Where's that? And just jump on and check it out. And if you want help with something else, send it through and we'll build it out. That's the beauty of it. It's like training on demand. Next question. One size doesn't fit all. Why personalization matters in fitness personalized training programs? Because it's called personalized training. Because we deal with people and you are a person. You are a special little snowflake. Correct. And you should be treated as such. Not like you don't know anything, but really just understanding that your level, you know, someone like, check out my six-pack abs, and you don't have six-pack abs. And they're like, you need to do this. You need to diet hard, and you need to do X, Y, Z. Cool. Your job is to sell a program. Correct. However, you don't have two kids. You don't work as a lawyer, an accountant, or a doctor. You don't work 12-hour days. So telling me to eat that way is not going to work. Because two different lives. We personalize stuff because we work with people. Like case in point, um, one lady I met with the other day, she is taking men's supplements. That's weird. She's like, yeah, the women's supplements didn't really work for me. She's like, I'm taking this one. It's also cheaper. Like, 
okay, what's the goal? She's like, I just want to be more cognitively alert. I felt like the females didn't do that. Yeah, because the men's was built for that. Females was for pregnancy. She's like, well, I've already got kids. I'm like, cool. Now, I'm not a doctor. I'm like, maybe get that checked out. But from what I can see, and sounds like it's actually working for you. She's like, yeah, it's great. Cool. Like, it's usually like two of the same things, slight differences. Like, yeah. Like, it was just beef liver. Cool. Men and women can both eat beef. So that was comical. But like to be honest, it worked for her. Where other people are like, no, you've got to take the women's one. Cool. Well, if we listen, do you feel better on this one? Yes. Then it probably works for you. Again, check with your medical professional. So tailored, personalized. When it comes to training, if you have an ankle injury or an ankle problem, probably strengthen the ankle. Ankle gets better. Doing a squat bench deadlift program probably doesn't work for you because you need to really force your heel down when benching to get the most power output. So when you push your heel down, you maximize contraction of your glutes to push and stabilize the lumbar, which promotes then extension of your thoracic. You have pain in your foot. It hurts. You now can't do that. That program doesn't work for you. So you've got to personalize stuff. Like, yes, everyone should be doing the main compound movements for progress, but based on people's situation, it needs to be tailored for them based on their lifestyle, the training, and the nutrition. Next, what are the key benefits of a personalized training program compared to standard workouts routine? One's personalized and one is just generic. Most programs like that you can get online that are generic, 80% of the time will work for everyone. However, the 20% is that you just need to adjust. So for me, I've like right now I'm getting radiating discomfort in my right shoulder. Cool. Bench press aggravates it. Maybe I do guillotine press. Ooh, I feel that right through my elbow. Guillotine press to stretch the pec, but it's not heavy loaded. I start to work that. So that improves my mobility. So like, for example, this shoulder goes all the way here. This does not. Internal rotation limitation. Cool. Work on the internal rotation. Fine. Most people will have in a warm-up, like 12 exercises, do this, banded, that banded, dumbbell this, dumbbell that, cables, extensions. It's like just do two to four things that you need, and that's the personalization. So, you know, a lot of great people out there, we, like there's 150 programs. We all use them. But there's elements that need to be tailored to a person. So like structural front loading, doing the corrective work at the beginning. You may be like, shout out to Brianna, Sarah, they're crushing it. Backs look great. Like posturally, they're a little forward, but they have the mobility to get into position for everything. Great, do that. And then we work accessories after to work on their posture. So personalized, always a fan of. What are some low-impact fat loss strategies for people with joint related injuries if you do comment below we actually are making a <laughs> ebook on how to walk effectively it's literally just how to progress walking one step at a time a little bit faster then time it progress it jog run but just start with walking the little stretches and routines little things like stretching out your calves training your calves strengthening your tibs little things that you can do to improve your ability to walk so you don't have to run i personally don't like running i used to love it I am just a bigger person, so it's harder. So I just need to keep work, walking more or using cross-trainers, uh, machines. Other things, so top three things for low-impact fat loss strategies if you are someone who is struggling at the moment. Number one, structure your meals. Four meals a day, those are the times you eat. Build a habit and routine around that. Increase your vegetable intake will increase how like wholesome the food is so you won't have cravings for food. Like When you have cravings and you're hungry, it's because you're just needing calories. Once you start eating food, 
that tends to satisfy quite quickly. Like case in point, I go to Subway, lots of veg, team got cookies at the beginning. I'm like, I really want cookies. I ate the Subway. I'm like, I'm good. Like get wholesome food, eat that first. And then at the end, if you still want the cookie, have the cookie. But if you didn't have the sam- like the salad and sandwich or whatever it is, then you would probably overindulge on the cookies. Eat four and then like you eat half your food. Cookies have the, it's just more calorie dense. So get veg in. Three, low impact option. I said walking, but also going swimming is quite good. Um, you could do soreness, like hot cold therapy. That will stimulate your metabolic rate as well. It's also a good way to relax. And the uh, bonus, acupuncture or chiropractic adjustments to like free up the body. You can look at osteos and physios as well, but I currently do chiropractics, um, trigger point release, ART and acupuncture. Here's their info below. Dr. Amy Mason. Why is gradual and sustainable weight loss more beneficial for long term in the long run? Because you sustain it. So if it takes you a year to get there, it'll take you a lot more time to like undo it. But where a lot of people do is they'll get rapid transformations in like 12 weeks and then they just put the weight back on because the body hasn't customized to it. Like, Cellular cycles take 120 days. So if every 120 days you're building on your foundation, your body's going to remember that. So that's why long-term, more ideal. This is why something we're playing with at the moment is like we diet for three weeks, then we refeed for a week. Diet for three weeks, refeed for a week. Which is quite good. Because then you're sustaining your metabolic function here whilst gradually bringing it down, bring it back up. So your metabolic rate stays here. Most people that do it aggressively, the metabolic, this is called metabolic disorder, what are you doing? It's not metabolic disorder. Your body, um, and look, people will be like, there's research on it. Cool. Let's just think about it logically. Like, and you can tell me about research and everything, but like, I talk to people that look at research, but we also just like look at the practical side of it. If you consume this many calories and you function at this level every single day and you're gradually pulling away, your body has accustomed to this. So you might have sex twice a day. Good for you. You might do this. You move your arms more. You talk and animate. You might have a lot of coffee, which accelerates your jitteriness and you twitch your foot and you don't even know. Like you might be sitting, listening to this and just doing this. That is incidental activity. You're naturally increasing your energy expenditure. Like people are like gangly and like I have a high metabolic rate. Dude, you're probably like ADHD or just fidget a lot and you just don't even notice it. Or you eat a lot, but only twice a day. So many things there. But if you gradually and aggressively bring it down, the human body and the evolution has been on this planet for billions of years. So I think the human body is a bit smarter than like 30-year-old me, right? It will decline its metabolic function to accustom to the deficit you've put it at. So this becomes this. Sitting upright, you lean into your chair more. You might even bring it all the way back, get super comfortable, pillows under your arms, Minimal energy exerted, right? Versus using your abdominals to hold yourself, pushing through your heels, sitting up and extending, right? So the body's working. The body's lazy. So your body has naturally declined. Now what happens? You finish. You don't understand that you've gradually done this. Like your body is smarter than you. And then you go back to eating that. You don't rebuild and you don't go, oh, I have decreased my energy expenditure by 40% in natural movement. No one thinks that way. Like, even me, when I come out of a diet, I don't think that way. I'm like, oh, why am I putting on weight? 
And eventually I'm like, oh yeah, my neat and my like activeness was a lot more. Oops. <laughs> um, yeah, we don't think that way. So if you refeed through the periods, one, it allows increased calories to help with recovery, build sustain, build muscle tissue because you're stretching the body out. That'll help with recovery. So there's all these little things that we just don't take in place. And sustainability is because you can have those reminders and check-ins with the coach or yourself or your partner just to remind yourself of how to get back onto that. So yeah, a little longer than 60 seconds, but I hope that was helpful. What strategies can help you ease back into your gym routine after a period of activity? Walk in, do two exercises, three sets of 10, walk out. I recommend six to eight, a little more tension on the muscle. Let's do two. Uh, like me yesterday, I did hangs, Jefferson curls, and uh, split squats. Five minutes Jefferson curls, one minute hang, 10 reps of split squats, three sets, done. Took me 20 minutes, and I was like, oh, that's it. And then I hurt my shoulder. How? What? Ugh. I didn't hurt it. It just starts, like, tightening up. I'm like, God damn it. Um, that's where the body was at. And now I'll do more mobility again. Like I'll do weighted mobility. So I'm still like working my grip and body. Like just being honest and being like, okay, that sucks. What am I going to do next time to be better? Build your foundation. Or alternatively, just go in 20 minutes on the cross trainer, level 10 or 12, 14. Do your emails on your phone. Good pace. When you finish, two minutes, pick it up. Good push. The then up off, do that for four weeks, come back, up the level, go 30 minutes. And then, you know, once you're up to an hour, then change the routine. Next, what should you expect during an ART? Is it painful? So, active release technique a way to think of it is like, let's think our posture has over time shifted and changed, right? So, gradually, our body has laid down fascial adhesions, restrictions. So it's naturally just a bit tighter. And this is what it remembers. However, your muscle on either side has a Golgi tendon and it spasms to stop you from like overstretching it or hurting yourself. It's protective. But if we, so think here, this is where it is. This is how it moves. If we apply tension at a point and then we look to move it, we push down firmly and we traction the other way as if we were looking to kind of tell it there's more, more length. And so we start to restore that. Now we combine this with like strength exercises or corrective exercise that your body needs. So pec is now more free. So then the muscle in the back isn't overstretched. So we then train it to be tighter. So it holds that position and we maintain it. Often when we're told fix our posture, we think pinch our shoulders back. But that's not going to stretch the pec and get everything else. We actually need to externally rotate, spread out, elongate, and hold. And you'll feel the tighter muscle stretching. It's kind of uncomfortable. Breathing into it and hold. And usually when you ask, oh. ART is looking to restore that and condition it. That's why I love it. It is uncomfortable if a practitioner just, but a lot of them don't. What they do is they get in there, work with it. And it's usually uncomfortable with the right area. So if you apply it to anything, you'll be like, I don't feel it because that muscle's fine. So muscles that have the restriction tightness, then you'll feel it more. But as you work through it, you're like, oh, it's better because that's how it's meant to feel. Like, that shouldn't hurt because the tissues aren't isotonic or restricted. Right there is uncomfortable. It'll work. So if I go boom, I feel that length then. 
another spot. <laughs> Bit better. Right? That's why I like it. Next, have you ever accounted gym equipment hogging? How do you handle with confrontation? I think when it comes to a training program, asking people, hey, do you mind if I jump in with you? A lot of the time, I've got one more set. You're on your phone. Fuck off. People, like a lot of people are quite like frustrating. So how do you deal with people that are hogging equipment? Number one, have a program that is flexible. So from A, one B, from A to B to C to D, E is your order. Maybe you do A, then C, then D, then back to B. Two, you can ask the person. Three, come train at our facility and we'll look after you. And the other one, find alternatives that can work. So flat pull-downs are not available. Maybe you do scapular pull-ups or you do banded pull-downs. Find variations that can suit you. Instead of doing both, maybe you do a single arm row, like, like a lap pull-down, but one arm at a time. So having alternatives can be helpful, but also because you're going to apply the same foundations to the movements. Progressive overload, controlled for range of motion through the whole thing whilst not exploring pain. So that will get you there. A fitness track is worth the hype as long as it doesn't stress you out. They're great for data tracking. They're great for you. Like aura rings, I will apply one every so often. Reason being is after about a week, three or five days, I get radiating pain in my wrist. Frustrates me because I really love tracking data. But for me, I then track sleep, mood, energy, habits. That's how I work because it doesn't stress my joints. So they are worth the hype because it gives you data and information, but what you do with an application applied to it is more important. So if you've just got it for the sake of it and you're not doing anything with it, then yeah, it's not worth the hype. But if you're doing stuff and it's helping make life better and training better for you, awesome. Last one, the invisible jump rope hack. Skip rope in your living room without actually using a rope. Just on the spot, up and down, bounce, 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 bounce. Little hack, you can use your arms to pump to get the diaphragm and the shoulder moving. Top with the breathing. It works best when you listen to your favorite song. And there are our questions and responses. Hope you enjoyed. Till next time, adios, amigos. Hey, thanks so much for joining the episode of Table Talk today. We hope you found some helpful tips and inspiration in staying healthy and fit, even with a busy schedule. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Stay tuned for our next conversation. Until then, keep prioritizing yourself, your health, your fitness, and we'll see you on the next Table Talk.